Welcome to episode six of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, I am joined today by Nicole Longstreet. She's amazing. She's going to have some really great information for you. So I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. First things first, though, a little bit of housekeeping. I want to let you guys know that the um, shout outs are here and amazing and I love doing them. But to keep them coming, I need your participation. I need you to tweet me at the hashtag hit the mic or even better, leave me some love over at uh, iTunes. Uh, just leave a review. That's where I get them. Um, and I just send share them here. So today we have two reviews, both five stars, both from iTunes, all of my favorite things. So let us begin with shout out number one. Um, shout out number one is NDL1979. And it says, Stacy rocks. It's so refreshing to hear a woman take the airwaves to talk about social media, not from a quote, women's perspective, but as an expert. She's dishing out solid strategies to build your tribe and grow your brand. Social media changes all the time. You definitely want to subscribe to this one so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. I love that. Shout out number two is from NIXR and it says, I get the feeling Stacy really cares about my business and marketing needs. I'm excited to listen more. Thank you guys for your, for your time and going over there and leaving a review. I love reading them. So be sure to go and do more so I can feature more of you in this, my favorite part of the show, shout outs. Uh, in addition to that, make sure you guys get yourselves over to thestacyharris.com and get on the mailing list so you always know when new episodes are coming out and all of the cool behind the scenes stuff that happens. Um, I share stuff there that I don't share anywhere else. And also you hear about things there before you hear about them anywhere else. So go over there, get on the list, thestacyharris.com. Also, you can find all of the show notes and everything I mentioned in this episode or any other episode at thestacyharris.com episode six. Um, if you're looking for a different episode, just type in episode, whatever episode number it is you're looking for. And that will give you all of the show notes, which include all of the links that the guest mentions or I mentioned or anything happening around the goodness of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. So I am really excited about today's interview. And um, this is something, I, I mentioned this a bit in the interview, but this is something that's really sort of top of mind for me right now um, as I gear up for um, some big plans in 2014 and, and getting out there and networking more face-to-face -face and also speaking and doing some really cool stuff. So I am super um, conscious of sort of what I'm putting on my body right now as far as wardrobe and how it represents my brand. So let's jump in, let's talk to, ne uh, to Nicole and let's talk about uh, branding and wardrobe and, and how to make that all fit together. First things first though, I wanna tell you a little bit about the amazing Nicole Longstreet. Nicole Longstreet is a virtual wardrobe stylist working with women who have online businesses and identities. She's loves helping women entrepreneurs define and express their authentic style with direct coaching, virtual programs, and digital products. I am a big fan of Nicole, so I am going to just jump right into the interview and let you guys hear from her. All right, everybody, I am now joined by Nicole Longstreet of The Wardrobe Code, and I am really excited to talk to her today. Um, first things first, Nicole, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and sort of give everybody an idea of what you do? 
Yeah, great. Well, um, I'm Nicole Longstreet, and I'm from thewardrobecode.com, and I am a virtual stylist to women all over the world who have online businesses and brands. Very cool. And I, I like that you said that part about online businesses and brands, because that's exactly what I want to dive in with, um, dive in on today with you, um, is sort of using your wardrobe as a part of your brand. Because I think a lot of us, or at least a lot of people in my circle right now, um, are talking about their 2014 plans and they're talking about maybe doing more speaking or more networking or getting mm-hmm. to, um, getting more in front of people face to face. Maybe that's as simple as doing more video. Right. Um, but it's it's a matter of, of getting more um, visual, which I think is sort of all over the Internet space right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're starting to think about really how to incorporate their wardrobe into their brand. Um, and that's something you help with, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's different for everyone. But when you have a business, when you have a brand, when really the object of the game is to get more clients, you have to have that consistency between what you're putting out online in terms of graphics and copy and voice with what you're wearing. And and I think that's absolutely true. You know, we talk a lot about our brands and about our website and our social media profiles having a consistent look, but I think that what we wear is sometimes left behind. I know I'm super guilty of this where I get to a point where I'm like a week or two weeks before an event and I realize I work from home 98% of the time and I have uh-huh. like no clothes now at somehow. I don't know how this happened, but um I suddenly have that like nothing to wear syndrome and it's not just like I don't want to wear anything in my closet. Legitimately, I have nothing to wear. Um So, I've been thinking a lot about this. So one of the questions I want to ask you from a totally selfish perspective is what is sort of the first step in finding or creating or cultivating this wardrobe that that is a fit for our brand? Well, I think the first step that you want to take is you want to make the effort to get dressed every day. And this is especially important for those of us who work at home. And I'm someone who works from home, too. So what you want to do is you want to shop your closet. You want to be looking in your closet to see what it is that you already have. Because even if you feel like you have nothing to wear, and believe me, I go through the same thing you know, on a pretty frequent basis, maybe like once a month, I'm like, oh, I don't like any of this. And a lot of times it's really just a matter for me, at least, of just doing some laundry and making sure that everything is in the closet so that I have a good idea of what it is that I'm working with. But if you try planning outfits and you, it is good to plan them in advance, maybe just three at a time, start planning some outfits with what you already have so that you're prepared on those days when you're working from home with something that you're already wearing. And that's also going to give you some really good practice just putting things together. Now, as far as like having a special event, that's something that you definitely want to start planning for, I'd say about four weeks in advance, especially if you have to do some shopping for it. And that's where that's that's what it comes down to. I think a lot of times is we wait till that last minute and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, OK, getting dressed. What what? And this is something you wrote a blog post about, I think. I want to say a month or two ago. And you talked about, you know, getting dressed when you work from home. And I actually think it's a video. But um, what is that level of getting dressed? Do I have to get dressed in a kind of outfit I would wear if I worked in a corporate job when that's not really my vibe? Do I have to have full hair, full makeup, crazy, you know, outfit? Like what is what level is the acceptable minimum? What is the acceptable minimum viable product here when I get dressed? 
That's that's a really great question. And uh, the thing is, I think it's totally different for everybody. But I do think that the more you do dial it up for yourself, the better you're going to feel, the more confident you're going to act, the more likely it is that you're going to reach out to people um, when you need to. And the I, I found as uh, somebody who works home. The toughest thing about working from home is reaching out to people. Now we can tweet at people, we can leave comments on Facebook, you know, we can do we can retweet and repin and do all those things and in a way, you know, that's kind of reaching out. But really what you have to do is sometimes you just have to pick up the phone or pick up the Skype or, you know, reach out in a way that is much more meaningful to someone and to do that in the right way, the way that's going to work for you um, to achieve your objective, you really have to have that confidence. And that confidence comes from eat, eating, sleeping, living, breathing, wearing your brand, um, basically being your brand in all ways possible. So, you know, your minimum, your minimum level that you get dressed at each day is going to be different for everybody. And I would just encourage people to err on the side of getting a little bit more dressed up than they think. You think you're going to be comfortable this way? Kick it up. Just half a notch at least, or maybe even a full notch, you know, whatever is slightly more dressed up than you think that you need to be so that you're going to get that extra confidence. I love that. And and I think it comes back to, um, I know for me, I'm more productive when I get dressed. Um, mm. I tend to just get more done because I'm sort of in the flow of my day. Right. I don't, I don't know why, but it works out that way. And it's funny, I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago about this and we were talking about, uh, we have those days where you get up and you get on the computer and you start working like there's nothing between that. <laughs> right. And sort of like then somebody goes, hey, yeah, you know, I have a question for you. or I want to talk to you. Can we jump on Skype? And you're like, oh. no, <laughs> we cannot. You cannot see me today. <laughs> and sort of so getting dressed and 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 making yourself presentable. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly is, it helps in those moments where you're like, ah, no, no, you cannot see what I look like today. Well, yeah. And I mean, a lot of us do business online, but also a lot of us have clients in our geographic location. And let's say that, you know, for me here in Costa Mesa, um, I, I need to get out in the middle of the day. I got to run to the post office and I'm going to run and I'm going to pick up lunch and then I'm going to, you know, stop somewhere else and run an errand. I'm going to be out and about. And it's entirely possible that either a client or a prospective client or a referral partner or just anybody that I know is going to see me. And so you want to make sure that when they have that impression of you that um, that they're seeing your brand or the brand that you want to project. Very, very excellent point. One thing I want I want to sort of step in and break down here is not everyone, um, you know, for me, obviously, I'm very much so the centerpiece of my brand. For crime mm-hmm. any sake, my website's thestaceyharris.com. <laughs> so for me, sort of just being me and being in line with my style um, I, I is what I would assume would be in line with my brand. But what about somebody who has um, a brand who that they're not the center of? That's a company that is um, a product or whatever. How do they still represent their brand um, through their wardrobe? I, I actually think it's the exact same way. I think that you're going to want to identify those um, those key values that you have in your brand, even if you know your website or your business or your brand isn't around your persona, 
um, you definitely want to identify those key values of what your brand is and make it align with what you're wearing. Because whether you think that you're not the face of your brand or not, you really are. I mean, if people know that you're associated with that brand, but you know, your, your, your face isn't on the header of your website, you're still your brand. That's, that's an excellent point. And I'm glad you said that because it speaks to something else I wanted to touch on which was for those who are maybe an employee. I don't know that we have many people who listen to the podcast who are employees of another company. Um, but for those who are employees or who have employees, do we need to worry about how they're representing themselves wardrobe wise for, you know, when they are representing our business? Absolutely. And this is probably the, this is probably the toughest thing because I don't believe, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the, what the laws are pertaining to, um, you know, what you can tell employees that they can and can't wear. But absolutely, if your employee is associated with your brand, they are representing your brand just as much as you are. And so I found that with, um, in, in a, in a situation where you have employees, it's so much better. <laughs> it's so much better to encourage them to dress a certain way than to lay down kind of like a dress code. And obviously, you know, that encouragement really starts with leading by example. And then, um, you know, there's gotta be a way and it's different for everybody, but you really want to incentivize your, your employees to look their best and to dress, you know, the way that you need them to represent your brand. And surely at some point, you know, you might have to actually sit down and have a conversation with someone, but I, I just encourage anybody to keep it as positive as possible because if an employee ever feels like they're being reprimanded for their dress, I mean, it's just going to, it's just going to swing the opposite way. They're going to get rebellious and, you know, that relationship as far as employer employee, it might, it might get a little bit damaged. So really the best thing that you can do is lead by example and make it as desirable as possible for your employees to look their best. Well, this is something I believe you do. You actually go out into some sort of um, office environments and do what you do for right. the office, right? That could be a really great way to to show your employees that that portion of their image is very important and sort of encourage them to embrace themselves in a way but still reflect the brand by having someone like you um, come out and talk to them, right? Yeah, totally. And what I teach them is really more of my workshop for corporate um, employers is a lot less about fashion and a lot more about figuring out how to make the pieces work for you. Because what I found with um, corporate employees is that there's there's two major challenges with them. The first is budget. You know, everybody wants a million dollar look on you know whatever salary it is that they're on. And the second part of it is putting the actual components together. And this really more applies to women than it does men. But for women, um, you know, we have kind of like a, a limitless selection, which is not exactly a good thing. And in fact, because you have limitless selection, it can actually make getting dressed kind of confusing for women. So what I do is I break it down in a way that is kind of like a plug and play style of getting yourself dressed. You just plug in the different components and boom, you've got an outfit for work. Well, and I think for those of us who um, work for ourselves and who maybe don't have employees, you do a very similar thing in your style camps for exactly. um, for just one person. Is It's the same sort of thing. And, and I, in full disclosure, have been through your style camp and enjoyed <laughs> it quite a bit. Um, and I'm working on, on building a wardrobe sort of in that, um, in the space that I learned that I wanted to be in, um, mm. slowly but surely. <laughs> um, 
It's a process. It never ends. <laughs> it is. And also, I, I come constantly reminding myself that I want to buy things that are quality and that I will continue to want to wear and not not so great pieces. So it is happening slower than I would like it to. But it, whatever. Um, <laughs> but that's something you talk about in Style Camp, too. Is, and that's something I respect a lot about your brand is it's not about fashion. It's not about trends. It's not about looking like you're 17 when you're not mm-hmm. necessarily 17. Right. Um, it's about looking and feeling your personal best. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm I am not a, also full disclosure. I am not a fashionista. I'm not a fashion blogger. Um, I am just barely stylish, to be honest. But once I figured out that formula and how to put those pieces together, I was able to take the things in my closet that I knew that I loved, but I wasn't exactly sure how to wear and then put them together to create a look that really, um, expressed my personal brand. And this is before I had a business, an online business and an online brand. I figured out how to put those components together that expressed my personality at the time. And that formula, like you said, it really applies to everybody. It applies to somebody in a corporate space. It applies to someone who works from home on an online business. And it allows you to express that unique brand that you have, regardless of what it is that you're that you're actually wearing. Well, and I think it's important to note that you don't have to be a business owner or um, be the center of your brand, your mm-hmm. your business to to have a brand. Each person is a brand, and I think with the evolution of social media and the web and the way people are moving through jobs now, I mean, you don't necessarily um, pick a job when you get out of college or get out of high school or whatever, and then work that for 30 years and then retire. <laughs> you could work in different businesses, different careers. You could go from being an employee to a business owner back to being an employee mm-hmm. or do both. Um, I think that certainly in the communities you and I circulate in is evident of that. Um so many of us are not even doing the same thing it is that we, you know, went to college to learn to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's important to remember that no matter what you're doing now, um, the tools of branding yourself are still critical because you may need to rebrand yourself or, or adjust that brand for whatever your future endeavors are. Right. And having that ability to express your brand will always give you a competitive edge over over everyone else. And this is what I talk about in my in my corporate workshop is I tell people and this again this also applies to people who work from home too, but I tell people to forget about casual Friday and to forget about what their peers are wearing. Because really the only the only people that matter in this scenario are the people that that are in charge. And so if you you're if you're a corporate employee, that's your boss. And if you work from home, if you work independently, those are your prospective customers and your and your existing customers. Those are the people that matter, and those are the people that you need to impress. Absolutely, and I, and I think it comes back to start, you know, impressing yourself. Yeah, you're gonna definitely. feel more confident. You're gonna feel better about what's going on, sort of in your world, when you mm-hmm. feel like you're really representing yourself well. Also, I'm a big proponent of if you don't feel it, fake it. So, like, when I'm in a crummy mood and I don't feel productive, I will just, like, change something and pretend I feel productive. (laughs) And, like, eventually I will just trick myself into being productive. It's so, a good trick. You know, if you if you get dressed and you're you know you're not having the greatest day, you get dressed and you know what, maybe you put on that statement necklace that you got a couple of weeks ago and you know what, maybe it doesn't even go with the outfit you're wearing. Who cares? Just put on the statement necklace because sooner or later you're gonna pass by a mirror in your home, you're gonna catch a glimpse of yourself and that statement necklace or whatever it is that you put on to make yourself happy is gonna remind yourself 
that you're working towards something, you have a goal, keep on keeping on, and it's it's going to make you feel great. For sure. I, I like that. Now, the other thing I wanted to sort of talk about is for those of us, well, I shouldn't say of us because this doesn't apply to me. For those who don't like shopping, I'm a big fan of shopping. <laughs> I am totally a like, hey, there's nothing to do on Saturday. Why don't we just go shopping? I'm a big proponent of shopping. But for those who don't like shopping or for those of us who feel like we don't have a lot of time to be shopping, um, mm-hmm. what are your sort of tricks and tools to sort of maximize our shopping time? Um, and make sure that we are shopping effectively and not wasting a lot of time shopping when maybe we shouldn't be shopping. Yeah. You know, I'm a big proponent of um, making sure that the times that you shop, you actually are giving yourself enough time. So, for example, if you um, if you know that you need to shop, then what you probably want to do is you never, you never, never, ever want to go shopping like on your lunch break, where you're fitting it in between two different things. Now, if, you, if you're going shopping on your lunch break or if you're going shopping because maybe you have a, had a bad day or something like that, just stick to jewelry. You don't want you, you to be going into a dressing room and trying on pants when you're in a bad mood or if you are kind of sandwiching this um, shopping trip between two things. Because Let's certainly avoid bathing suits at this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you definitely want to go shopping for bathing suits when you're pressed for time because we all know what happens when we go into the dressing room and usually most dressing rooms are just so poorly lit. And in, from sidebar, from an interior designer's perspective, which is what I used to do before I do this now, good lighting in a dressing room is so easy to do. I don't know why they do it, but usually it's lighting from above, which is the worst way to light yourself. You want to light yourself from the front, but in, indirectly, but that's, like I said, sidebar. So you never want to go into a dressing room and try on a pair of pants and have to reconcile those issues with your body, which everybody has when you're pressed for time. You want to give yourself lots and lots of time to shop. And when I say lots of time, you want to give yourself at least three hours, a three hour block including drive time, including all, see if you're going to the mall, all of the different stores that you're going to visit. But before you even leave the house, you really want to have a plan. You really want to know what it is that you're missing from your closet and what it is that you need to add to your wardrobe and where you're going to get that from. So know where you're going, know what you're buying. Don't just go to the mall and say, oh, I'll find something because it's possible that one, you're not going to find anything and you're going to be in a worse mood than when you started or two, you're going to make the wrong purchases and then you're just going to end up with a wardrobe full of clothes that you don't like. Which is, which is a terrible, terrible place to be. (laughs) It sucks. Um, one other thing that you, you didn't mention here, but I want to bring up because it's one of my favorite things that I learned from you is fantasy shopping and doing that sort of because a lot I think a lot of us are bootstrappers or, or at some point we're bootstrappers and maybe we're just starting to see that point in our business where we're we're making a decent income. But we still um I think all sort of tend to stay in that bootstrapping mindset for a while. So mm-hmm. when we talk about going out and, and investing in a wardrobe, it can be a little scary um, to go into stores that maybe we think are going to be out of our price range. So mm-hmm. what are sort of your thoughts on just getting out there and doing that? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I really love to have, and I'm glad you brought that up. I really love to have my clients do, you know, what you mentioned as fantasy shopping, because it's an excellent way for you to experience maybe a level of quality that you're not familiar with. And, you know, I don't work with clients that have an unlimited budget for shopping. That's just not who I work with. So, all of my clients have some kind of budget. Some budgets are actually really, really small. And then I have other clients that have maybe a little bit more money to work with. But, um, you know, let's say, 
let's say you really where you're at with your budget, like you're bootstrapping, you can't really afford to spend, let's say, maybe more than $200 a month on clothing or even maybe $200 a month might sound like a lot to you. Even if that's kind of where you're at with your budget, I still want you to go into, for me, it's Bloomingdale. So I live in um, Orange County, California. We've got South Coast Plaza here. And one of my favorite stores to go in is Bloomingdale's because, first of all, it's a department store. There is a lot of variety. So they have a lot of different things to choose from. But they also have, um, I think, kind of an elevated level of clothing than, like, say, Nordstrom does or Macy's does, even though those are but I love to shop too. Um, I like going to Bloomingdale's because you can try on a dress that's $1,700 and nobody's, nobody's going to say anything to you. Nobody's going to say, excuse me, can you afford that? That's not going to happen. Nobody's going to stop you and say, clearly, madam, you cannot afford to buy this dress. Therefore, we're not going to allow you to try it on. It's not going to happen. The, the salespeople that work there, they don't know if you, you're actually going to buy it or not. And really, it's none of their business. So what I like to have my clients do is go into Bloomingdale's or, or wherever their um, their place to shop is that they feel like maybe they can't afford it, but they really want to know what's in there. And just fantasy shop. Just fantasy shop your face off. Try on as many different things as you want to try on. Does it look interesting? Try it on. And like I said, it exposes you to a different level of quality and also a different level of style. Because even if you're shopping, um, and this is still a fairly expensive brand, but if you, even if you're shopping J. Crew, you're still not going to get that level of creative style with J. Crew that you would get with some of these brands that are in um, Bloomingdale's. Cool. See, for me, it was Nordstrom's. I'm a, and yeah. I'm a humongous Nordstrom's fan now because I am in Phoenix and we don't have a Bloomingdale's. <laughs> so for me, it's Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus. Yeah. Um, what did you find in there that you tried on that was really nice? Nordstrom. I've become obsessed with Michael Kors. Um, mm-hmm. He's like right now I'm on the hunt for this sweater that I should have just flipped and bought when I saw it. But <laughs> it's this black sweater and it's got like gold uh, nail heads like on the shoulder. It's a fantastic yeah. sweater. Mm-hmm. Um and there are things that I, I would never have bought. I would never have even tried on before um, before I worked with you. And I, I actually own a bit a fair amount of now because I've also learned, and this is something else you, you, you teach and we should talk about, is how to get those same things other places. Um, for me, Michael Kors is not worth buying retail because I can get it brand new someplace else. Um, like Macy's, ridiculous amount of times has them on sale. Um mm-hmm. And, and then yeah, never buy anything you talk about. Sorry to interrupt. Never buy anything full price at Macy's. <laughs> yes. No, no. They're just, just going to put it on sale. Public service announcement. <laughs> Wait a week. It'll be on sale. Right, right. My other favorite lucky or my other favorite um, find at Macy's that's always on sale is and I love is Lucky Brand Jeans. Mm-hmm. They range from like one to a hundred bucks to like one forty. Um, so they're not like super, super crazy high end jeans, but they're certainly going to be a lot nicer than like something you may currently be buying. Like for me, I was buying like old Navy jeans before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm obsessed with lucky brand jeans cause they just happen to fit me correctly. Um, which I think is key and they're on sale yeah. at Macy's all the time too. So awesome. Well, you know, you took the time to identify, this is how fantasy shopping works. You took the time to identify what it is that you really wanted to wear, not just what you thought you could afford or not just what you thought you deserved to wear because maybe your budget's a little bit, your but you, you've got old Navy budget, but you've got a Michael Kors taste or, you know, Michael Kors taste on an old Navy budget. So what you did is you went and you found what you really wanted to wear and then you learned how to sneakily 
find some of those items in a way that fits your budget. And I believe you've also gotten some of those things off of eBay, right? Yes, I have a really fantastic Michael Kors uh, skirt that was originally like $180 that I bought brand new with tags on nice. eBay for I think it was $22. <laughs> cool. Um and I love it. It's it's my it's one of my favorite things that I own now. Um but yeah, and and also like just you know, I didn't really necessarily even have an old Navy budget. I just had no patience to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was down the street from my house and I could just order it and it would be done. Right. So for me, it wasn't even necessarily a budget concern. Um, it was a time concern. Mm -hmm. So speaking to that time concern, I know you have something sort of in the pipeline that I kind of want spoilers and tell everybody about, um, which is your virtual shopping. So for those people who want to maybe outsource the looking around part of their shopping, right. um, how can you help us? <laughs> well, I think anytime, anytime you are doing something creative, um, and in this case, it's building your brand, building your personal brand. Having another set of eyes to help you with this is tremendously helpful. Now, for a lot of people, um, having a personal shopper might be a little bit out of their range. Um, and even, you know, stores like, uh, I believe Nordstrom and maybe Macy's. I'm not sure if Macy does, but they have personal shoppers. Um, unfortunately, you don't always know what they're going to bring to you. You don't know if they're going to bring you things in your, in your price range. And also, you're limited to what they have in that specific store. So on Wednesday, I'm launching a new service um, called Virtual Shopping for Busy Entrepreneurs. And basically, just like you said, it's you outsourcing your shopping. Now, I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of women, some women really love to shop. They really love the idea of shopping. But a lot of them, in fact, the majority of the women that I talk to, it's not so much that they hate shopping, but there is a certain level of anxiety and overwhelm that comes with shopping. So what we do in virtual shopping is kind of twofold. Number one, we're going to do the legwork for you. But number two, we're going to have that creative eye on there for you. So we're going to put together either five or ten looks. It's up to you. There's two different packages. We're going to put together looks for you that are based on your lifestyle and your brand that are actually shoppable. So each thing and each look that we're going to put together for you, you could just click through and buy right then and there. Awesome. I can't wait for this. I'm so excited for this. It's ridiculous. Um, for those of us, you know, we're getting to the point where we're going to wrap it up. But um, for those people who are looking to work with you or who are looking to get a better perspective on, on how their wardrobe fits into their brand, how can they get in touch with you and how can they work with you? The best way is just go right to the wardrobecode.com and that's the wardrobe C-O-D-E dot com. Um, you can sign up for the wardrobe weekly. It's just in the right um, top hand corner of the website. And I send out an email every week that's got great tips on building your style, how to dress, how to put things together, how to keep your mojo going when kind of like we talked about earlier, you just don't feel like it. So to stay in touch, that's the best way. And then if you want to check out the virtual shopping part that we mentioned earlier, it's just the wardrobecode.com backslash virtual shopping. And I will have links to that stuff in the show notes. So if you guys go to um, my website, you guys will find those show notes. With that said, I want to go ahead and wrap it up because I know you have a busy day ahead of you. So thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the show and talking to us not just about clothes, but also about how they fit into our brand because I think it's something that so often is overlooked. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me.
Awesome. Well, that's been another episode of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. Thanks so much. Be sure for shout outs and future episodes. You guys are leaving your reviews on iTunes or on Stitcher or sending me tweets or getting in touch with me because I love featuring you guys at the top of the show. So see you guys next time.